1: Quiet, please. Quiet, please. The Initial broadcasting system prevents Quiet, please, which is written and directed by Willis Cooper and with speakers, Ernest Sacco. Quiet, please, for tonight, is called... Her name used to be the Bastia, but when His Majesty's Navy commissioned her, they changed her name, of course. I remember her very, very well. I remember her as we weighed anchor off Saint Helen's that wintry afternoon today, before Christmas, and stood down the channel. I remember her in the howling gales north of the Horn when the wind and the icy rain fair threatened to rip the sails off her. I remember her in the flat calms of the Southern Ocean, too, with the sun starting to tar from her deck scenes and 45 men, officers, and able seamen and cooks and gardener and all, panting for breath between the two tropics. And I remember her burning, a broken and looted wreck on the beach far below its 120 west longitude and not a 225 south. And I hark back to the dismal December day when the voyage began. If I could have known what lay ahead... Uh, I'd have jumped overboard, I would, in that tempestuous sea, and I'd have gone back somehow to a lighterman's life in the River Thames. Never seen Tahiti or Tirpoise. Or... or maybe I wouldn't have. Maybe I'd have stopped aboard anyway, as I did. I'd be here just as I am now, the last man. Ala told me about a Else how would I know while we came to Tahiti and father. Arahaiti met his wife to me all these long years on this lonely place. It was the women, of course. They'd taken more than a fancy to the English sailors who came to the lovely island with Captain Cook and they prayed for the white men to come back. They shouldn't have done it. But they prayed to Vahini Tahiti Vahini Tahiti, the mother goddess, the secret protectress of the women of Taiti. A goddess who went away from Taiti and... Well, I'll tell you about that. Vahini Tahiti, Woman of Taiti, that's her name. She has no other name. Then, since she went away, they don't remember her anymore. They've forgotten Vahini Tahiti. They've forgotten the lovely women who came with us. Maimichi Tarua. Then Parahaiti was my wife. Then, of course, this forgotten us. Parahaiti told me how the women met and prayed and sang at the hidden marae under the hillside, the temple of volcanic rock the men didn't know about. She told me how they sang in the leafy shadows there and called upon Vahini Tahiti to vouchsafe an answer to their prayers. She told me how Vahini Tahiti did appear and how she did speak to her mortal sisters. Come to yourself,
2: sister. Comfort yourselves, sisters. For the men come in the canoe with the white wings. Theirs is a journey of hardship and suffering. And death is with them. You have prayed me to bring them, I have promised. They will come. Even at this moment, the great canoe spreads its wings and defies the storm as its master looks across the world of the waters to Tahiti.
1: And sure it was, for I reckoned back the day Vahini Tahiti spoke to the women. And it was the 23rd of December, 1787, two days before Christmas. And moreover, she spoke of the other great war canoes that lay at anchor and how they made solemn sounds with their great guns. And I remembered how the other ships did salute us with cannons as the little for transports stood down the brawling channel away from them. Tara Ha'idi told me how the goddess spoke of the tyranny of the captain to his men. And I remember, too, what I'd heard with my own two ears, the captain bellowing to Samuel. Uh, with be here, Mr.
3: Samuel. i issue with the I have no complaints from you about the qualities of provisions I've laid in. And I have no complaints, furthermore, from any man of the crew, here. Eh? For if I do, I'll have the man thrust up in sponsor, here, here, Mr. Samuel. And we'll see the color of his blood under the cap. And that applies to you, too, sir. So give me none of your fools' arguments. Salt horse and Weevily biscuit for Taylorman's luck, and they like it. And so will you, Mister Admiral. You're here, Mister.
1: I had to remember that all too well, all too well. Then for our Christmas dinner, salt horse and Weevily biscuit, and what the worms had left of the cheese. Nor did the officers fare much better, except for the captain who ate alone. I had it from Hall. The cook that he ate plum pudding and drank brandy with his joint of rare, fresh roast beef. Fresh beef, do you hear? I heard it was many a year ago, and there's never been a roast of beef for me in all that time. For which, my mouth watering now. I say, alas! And in Tahiti, the sun shone brightly all the day, and many a man wondered what secret the women had amongst them, and why they burst into song and laughter a hundred times a day. This, of course, we could not know. Since only the captain and the master and the master's mate had ever seen the Isle of Tahiti before. No, it was a wondrous long voyage we had in this doughty little cockle shell, not much bigger than a man of war's longboat. And I'm speaking of it one night to McCoy, discussing some from Kirk and Tilek as we stood anchor watching False
3: Bay off the Cape of Good hope. I said... McCoy, you've got to go my assumption. Oh, I did sailsmith. Smith. Again, there was a chance I'd get my shore of being gobbled up by a sharks. And I believe if we pass the word, we'll be more than enough to try to eat. Oh, that's why I would bother at nothing at all in the way of food, man. But I've had nothing to eat since the morning, except not bite of biscuit and a cup of greenish water. Aye, he's starving. Aye, he's starving every man jack aboard. The office even. The car's just up here for the bit. Eh? What's that for? Don't talk so loud. Oh, he's asleep. Well, the match on the quarterbacks. Don't so speak easy. Honey, you're the one that wanted to speak. And so I will Right, man. Uh, have you heard the talk? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard nothing but talk as long as I've been aboard this sucker. Now? Uh-huh. Why? What kind of talk? Oh, did you ever have been Stephen going aboard and we were you grumbling? They had come there three times a day. Uh, this is past the mere grumbling stage. So I hear. Oh, do you know? Have you heard off? Aye. I have. And? I don't like it, Smith. Oh, do you like being starved in and beaten? Staying at the mercy of that brute of a man, at? The captain, you mean? Harkie, Smith. time on the morning of you, Captain, of His majesty, maybe. I thought I'd met some rare hard men. But this one? Oh, this one's a devil straight from hell. And one day. Well? One day? One day you mean that someone will send him back to the place when he claim it? <him? laughs> ah. What is he here? I thought that. I thought I heard someone laughing. There's nobody on deck. <laughs> the Mr. Fryer back in the quarter there. Huh? Uh, no, Smith. It was Mr. Fryer. Oh, well then, who left. I could have sworn it was a woman laughing. Out there in the black darkness beyond...
1: The island of Tahiti at that very moment, for it was five months almost to the day after we'd set sail from the Isle of Wight. The women of Tahiti gathered at the hidden moai. Listen here, Vahini Tahiti laughed and set the echoes <laughs> laughing in the darkness of the forest. Place.
2: Comfort yourselves, my pretty ones, my anxious ones. You have asked, and Vaheenie Tahiti grants your prayers. They come, but it's a far journey and a long one. Bahini Taiti will tell you when to get yourselves with flowers and go down to the beach to meet them. <laughs> great Bahini, why do you laugh? Great Bahini, have we offended? Who speaks? It is I, Great Bahini. I, Parahaiti. No, you have not offended Parahaiti. Then why do you laugh, Bahini Taiti? Oh, it is my humor to laugh, my daughter. At the shortcomings of those who serve me, even as all who hold power have some secret scorn for their servants, have we transgressed by novi and asking for this favor? No, not transgress, Parahaiti. Not transgress. What then, Vaini. You are bold, Parahaiti. For those who are overbold, I have certain special favors. Take care, Parahaiti. I serve the great by Saïti. You have promised you will not withhold. I will not withhold. No, I will not withhold. But you laugh. I laugh, my daughter, as I looked across the oceans to see the men who come to you. I laughed as I heard them plotting against their leader and foretelling his death. Promise promised us, Great Thaï. And I will fulfill my promise. But remember, there is no gift without payment. We will pay, Great Thailene. Yes, you will pay. You will pay with exile and weeping. And you and the men who come to you in the great war canoe with white wings will die in a far unknown place. With your own hands, shall you slay them?
1: long years after the prophecy had come to pass. She told me how she fell on her knees and implored the goddess to spare them. She told how after a long silence the goddess laughed again at him and gave her word that one at least of the women would be spared to live forever. She would not tell that woman's name for so that they all glanced at each other secretly hoping that each one she herself would be the one. And the fate of certain white men was also set and sealed with the seal of Ahini Taidi. And far away at the Cape of Good Hope, a little 90 foot vessel weighed anchor again and stood out to sea on a course set for the South Sea. Then on the 20th of August, 1788, a cold, early spring day, we dropped anchor in Adventure Bay in Van Diemen's Land. And we were a lean and tattered crew. The captain had driven us hard, and flogged us. And held us to our course through storm and calm under the whiplash of his voice for nine long months. But I remember another night after we put out from Adventure Bay on the last leg of our voyage to Tahiti. How McCoy and I stood again at the wheel with only the tiny lights in the binnacle flickering before us. Whispered
3: together again. He's a human, Smith, a beast. He deserves to die like a beast. I'll take care, of my friend. I'll, I'll, I'll take care. I'll tell you, Smith and we get a tiny feet. And you do? Oh, I'm going to jump ship, man. Your hand? If he catch me. And perhaps he won't catch me. But perhaps in his they will be lying after me bunk, with have cast knife on his throat. Thank I'll say no more of it, do But there's more than one aboard the ship that had furnished the cast knife. And not a few that had used it too. Come on. What's the course, oh. man? East by night, sir. Hmm. Keep us for another half hour. Right, sir. By night? hi Is that, sir? Uh, sir, well, McCoy? This, the... Mm-hmm. I'm eating now, sir. Uh, you've been there? Yes. It's a paradise, McCoy. Are the women beautiful, sir? Yes. Oh, the most beautiful in the whole world, Smith. And do they have plenty to eat, sir? <laughs> Unlike, us. Uh, they do, McCoy. Aye, sure. And the, uh, there'd be hills and, and jungles too, sir. Oh, yes. Yeah. And where a man might never be found if there needed people with the... Uh, let's see. Take a liking to all. Well, they're very friendly people, McCoy. A man who jumps ship might be able to elude capture. Oh, so. I didn't say they're jumping ship, sir. But it isn't a good idea to murder the captain of one of his majesty's ships. Sir, I was just thinking aloud, McCoy. Oh, sir, McCoy didn't mean that. He was just thinking I about. don't know what you're talking about, Smith. Here. You may not get Oh, thank yeah. you, sir. Thank it you, Not much, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. sir, you have never stopped, <coughs> uh, haven't I? Mm-hmm. Well, I just be careful, men. Mm-hmm. Well, sorry, seven bells. Strike it. Aye, aye, sir. <laughs> and remember... Yet never, yet never see England again. Scotland, sir. Kirk and Hard by Glasgow. I'm from Cumberland, myself. I wonder if I will see male and again.
1: Then through the warm, tropic seas again night after in the starry night with a southern cross over the port quarter, Day after blazing day on the northeasterly course the of the Society Islands and the island of Tahiti, short rations and a hint of scurvy amongst us, and the wicked hiss of the cat o' nine of the gangway, the sobbing cries of a the British seamen's cloud they're asking you to be beset like a man, not as a slave. And then day a cloud on the far horizon, and we knew our long voyage was nearly over. Tahiti at last, with the peak of Orohina towering high in the distance, a lush greenness wherever the eye passed. And we dropped anchor in Malabar Harbor, Tahiti, Niri, after a voyage of more than 27,000 miles in almost two years. Andrews has been told it was a fair island, and the women were beautiful. Let me pass over the labors we performed at Tahiti, bringing aboard the breadfruit trees we set out for to fetch them to the West Indies. Let me pass over the indignities we suffered at the captain's hands and at the hands of his one loyal aide, the Clark Samuel. The downright thievery of the two of them, taking from us the, the gifts of food we received from our friends on the island, the appropriation of the the pearls and the carved woods they three-handed they three-handedly gave us. And McCoy did jump ship in was cops. He got three dozen lashes for it. And I, I had met Haiti. And at last the night came I must say farewell. But, Smith, you are to stay. I'll
2: right? come
1: back one day, Parahaiti. There's nothing to do now but go. No. If I stay, I'll be found as McCoy was found. He'd flog me and take me away anyway. No. I will come back, Parahaiti. I'll come back. Do
2: you love me, Smith?
1: No. I love you, Parahaiti, more than I thought I could love mortal woman.
2: I dare
3: not.
2: She promised you would stay. Who promised? Oh, Baimu Taiwiti, what have you done to your children? Baimu Taiwiti, you have lied to us and deceived us. You have denied us, Baimu Taiwiti. Oh, great Baimu, we hold you to your promise. Give us our men, the men from beyond. Then there was a great
1: clap of thunder. I heard the sound of a distant voice speaking in a strange language. And again the voice of Father Haithi, as she turned to me in the starlit darkness and spoke again.
2: Go. Go, my husband. And come back to me. By you, has promised.
1: And below me to shout to the men calling to me to hurry lest I miss the last boat to the homeward bound ship. Board who thought that now we'd set our course for England, the captain would be in a merrier mood. He was not. He kept the charts locked up. He alone could navigate us to England, half a world away. We thought our life was a hell on the Alfa's voyage. I say to you, that was a pleasant, light, and gay excursion compared to what we suffered when we headed away from Tahiti. I am not to describe it, lest I turn your stomach. And Lahini Tahiti laughed again from the heights of Oahuina. And in the early morning twilight, she spoke to her daughters again.
2: Be at peace, my little one. I have tested your faith, and you have believed. And now the fulfillment, for the men of the white-winged canoes, arise now, and they turn their weapons against the one who would take them away from you.
3: Then on the
1: ship, I awoke to the sound of voices shouting, and I ran on deck. The captain stood beside the mainmast and his hands were tied. He was at last a frightened man. And before him stood the master's mate, and behind him the men of the crew armed and murderous. I heard the captain's voice again.
3: Mr. Christian, what is the meaning of this policy? This is mutiny, Captain Bly. I am in command of the bounty. I
1: heard Captain Barr plead for his life.
3: Mr. Christian, let us compose our difficulties. Do not murder me, Mr. Christian! <laughs>
1: And I heard Fletcher Christian answer him sternly.
3: Captain Bly, you've forfeited your life a thousand times
1: over. Yes. And I saw at last the ship's launch hoisted over the side. I saw Captain Bly board it with certain men who had neither the honor nor the hardihood to follow the leadership of Fletcher Christian. And what became of Captain Bly and the others who departed with him, I know not. But we never saw him again.
3: remain here, men. For Gly, if he does reach things will set all his Majesty's is made about our ears, if it takes until the end of time, they'll never give a up to revolve friends from the yard down in a British
1: war. And so at long last the promise of our Taiti was fulfilled. He had told us from our native lands to the Isle of Tahiti. And now the women who had won us as their prizes set sail with us, never to see their own island again as long as they lived. Nine men from the Bounty, six men from Tahiti for seventh, nine women the Tahiti, and we sailed away to Pitcairn Island. For so a time, we prospered in the memory of the ladi'es Christ but the favor had almost faded. The fifteen men, nine women, a fatal number. Love, jealousy, hatred, murder. First the Tahitian women. First the Tahitian men, and one by one, the bounty of men. Such a Christian the master's made. Mills, you know, the gunner's mate, a William Dunn, the gardener, was never before Faye received. McCoy and Quinter and Williams and Martini, it was I alone was left of the bounty's crew. And at last, Haiti told me about the English prophecy. How we should all come to death at the hands of the one in Tahiti. How all the women, too, should die, save one. And I listened in silence. For I was alone with only the few women. The few children on Picham's island.
2: And so the prophecy was merely fulfilled, Smith, as I have told you. So that we know not who is the one of the women to live forever at St. Tahiti's Tahiti common.
1: And as she spoke and fell silent. I saw a change come over this woman, this Parahaiti, my wife. I saw her transfigured, terrible, on the edge of the cliff, high above the burned wreckage of the body. I heard her speak again, and in a new voice.
2: Farewell, Englishman. The bargain is kept. Now I take the body of Parahaiti for my own, and she shall live forever and rocked with my eyes over the sons and the daughters of those I brought to wed with my own.
1: The title of tonight's Quiet Please story was Bahimi Taidi. It was written and directed by Willis Cooper. And Alexander Smith, the man who spoke to you, was Ernest Chappell. And J. Pat O'Malley played McCoy, Roy Irving was Fletcher System, and Charles Penman was Jackson Bly. of Haiti was Dorita Bowers, and Bahimi Taidi was Harriet B. Music for Quiet Please is played by Albert Brooks. Now, for word about next week, here is our writer director, Willis Cooper.
3: And tonight's story really lived, as you well know. The events in the story might have happened, or they might not. Alexander Smith actually was the last survivor of the party, but he told many conflicting stories about what it actually happened. Next week, a quiet sleep stories, so as long as I live.
1: And so until next week, at the same time, I am quietly yours, Ernest Campbell. This program is heard in Canada through the facilities of Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. This is the New Broadcasting System.